latest prophet of the Lord. Mightiest prophet of the Lord. Please, my Lord is live on air. Yes, please, mightiest prophet of the Lord, please. Okay, now I am live on air. Am I clear? Yes, please, my Lord, the mightiest prophet of the Lord, please. Okay, thank you. Now, I need to talk about Enoch now. This is the subject matter of our discussion today. This was our theme, the sermon that the bishops, the senior presiding bishops in this ministry and those who are tuned in from other ministries now are going to give this coming Sunday. And uh, the senior regional overseers, the senior pastors, the standing pastors that have been sent to stand in for someone, evangelists, and many other groups, beloved people. So I want to talk about Enoch Rapture, Lessons to the Church. And uh, right away from the beginning, I already said, and that's how we are beginning here now. Number one, that Enoch walked with God very, very closely within a crooked generation, a pervert generation, and a depraved generation. And in that walk with God, within a crooked generation, pervert generation, depraved generation, it is amazing that Enoch did not have a Bible. They did not have a Bible. Enoch did not have a Bible that he should read and get some faith and get to believe God, believe in God. And that sets up a very, very high standard for the church, a great demand on this present generation church, the church of this age, of this hour, of this moment. Because Enoch had no Bible written text for him to read and behold faith. He did not have and yet, without the Bible, he walked with God with very, very closely in a crooked generation. So you can imagine the challenges Enoch had to his faith. A pervert generation, a depraved generation. And I'm reading from the book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 15. And he says, Philippians 2.15, that you may show yourselves to be blameless and grillless, innocent and uncontaminated children of God without blemish, faultless, unrebukable in the midst of a crooked 
second and weakest generation, spiritually perverted and perverse, among whom you are seen <clears throat> as bright lights, stars, or beacons shining out clearly in the dark world. So that is the surrounding, those are the circumstances under which Enoch walked with God. But before I look at this big milestone, Enoch's God, again I repeat, Enoch walked with God without a Bible. He did not have a Bible to read and behold faith and acquire faith. And I believe, again, Enoch must have looked at nature, creation, the stars in the night, for example, the moon, the sun, and then looking at some of these creatures, creatures created by God, the moon, the stars, the sun. Enoch must have beheld the might of the Creator. By just looking at creation, I strongly believe Enoch was able to see the Creator. For example, just the heavenly bodies and the stars alone, their constellations, their lighting, their positioning, their beauty, the grass, the green grass, the rivers. In that way, Enoch did not see creation, but through creation, Enoch must have seen the Creator. So for him, that could have been the first way of connecting with his Creator before he walked with him. The first way of acquiring faith in God. Number one, Enoch is the servant from Adam. And we know, as we have seen, that the Bible literally goes mute about Enoch. The Bible goes silent about Enoch. In the scriptures we read about Enoch, you can literally count them on one end. Genesis chapter 5, verses 21 to 24.
Lord, mightiest prophet of the Lord? When did I go offline? What had I said at the last statement? Genesis. The book of Genesis. Chapter. Had I said that Enoch beheld creation and used it to see the creator? Yes, please, mightiest prophet of the Lord. Amen. So, beloved people, Enoch had no Bible. For him, his way of connecting to the creature must have been when he looked at creation, the stars, the sun, the moon, creation as creation. And through creation, Enoch must have beheld the love of the creature. He must have beheld the creature. For example, how do these heavy stars hang up here, support themselves? How does the earth sustain itself? And I say, Enoch, the seventh from Adam, very few scriptures in the Bible narrate Enoch. And I say, Genesis chapter 5, 21 to 24. And I said, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 5 to 6. And maybe the, the book of Jude, yes, the book of Jude 14, 15. Very few scriptures talk about Enoch in the Bible. And yet Enoch stands out as one of the main personalities in the Bible. And now also offering a very wonderful lesson to the present day church. At an hour she's supposed to be snatched away. At the time she's supposed to make a final entry into eternity. On the verge of eternity, the lesson of Enoch now becomes central to the church. And I say, the seventh from Adam, and yet Adam sinned by disobeying God Almighty. When Adam sinned and disobeyed God Almighty in my introduction about Enoch today, yet Enoch comes by and obeys God Almighty, obeys the Lord. We also Genesis chapter 2, 16-17, that owing to the disobedience of Adam, death entered mankind. And when death entered the life of man, the life of mankind, the life of man, depression entered. People began to become depressed. Decaying entered. People began to decay. Everything began to die, even the iron. Decaying began. The life of man began to decay. Their health, their well-being began to decay. I said, depression entered, decaying entered. Fallen man, the fall entered, became, man now was fallen. The snake was under the tree. Man was now dying and darkness entered the life of man. When Adam disobeyed God, death entered mankind. Death and sin 
organization, they represent the separation of mankind from God. So separation from God entered. Because of sin, sin and death became the separation of man from God. And yet, from the beginning, God created man to walk with him. Enoch was profoundly used by the Lord to offer the proof, the evidence, that man can walk with God and be obedient and be righteous and be holy and enter the eternal kingdom of God. Enoch offered that evidence and that hope within the background of depression and decaying and death, dying, darkness, fallen man. Enoch now offers the hope. How awesome. Enoch appearing into the scene offers what you could call a glimpse, a glimmer of hope within the hopelessness that has now engulfed and consumed mankind. And I see here today too, Enoch is offering hope to this church that yes, it is possible to walk with God within a perfect generation, a very wicked generation, and still enter heaven and overcome death. They continue to offer hope today to the present day church. The reason for which I am teaching Enoch to you. Enoch offers some glimmer of hope that mankind can still be trusted by God to worship God voluntarily and be holy and obedient and go home, go to be home with God in heaven. The devil had tried to dispute that. <laughs> Let us look at some scenario, some illustration of the significance that Enoch played and plays today in offering hope. You can picture the snake has already lied to mankind. The snake is under the tree, coiled up, watching what is next. The Lord comes and speaks judgment. Graveyards are now formed because mankind now dies. The terror of death had consumed all persons, all people, all people. Death until today is a terror. People are terrorized of death today, until this day. Someone dies, you have to remove, remove the dead body right away. People cannot, the living cannot be with the dead. Melancholy, sadness, weeping, mourning, crying, sobbing. So the terror of death had consumed mankind, all mankind and the earth. Graveyards here and there. The serpent is around. Remember in the beginning there was totally no death. Totally
Are you not there? You walk this way, you will not die. You will access the tree of life. You walk the other way, you must for sure die. So in the beginning, death was not even contemplatable. It was not in the equation. It was not factored in. And now, mankind is being terrorized by death, consumed by the terror of death. And then when there is death and people are dying and mankind does not know what to do, they are trembled, they are terrified, they are panicked, they are depressed, they are decaying, they are fallen, they are in darkness, there is no hope, melancholy, sadness, weeping and mourning, gnashing of teeth, death has come, the loved ones go down, they are buried. Now that is the scenario death created. And then within that scenario of hopelessness, Enoch suddenly appears. Suddenly appears within that background and begins to walk very, very closely with God within a crooked generation, a decaying generation, a depressed generation, a perverse generation, a depressed generation, a sick generation, a generation that is in darkness, a generation that is dying, fallen. Then suddenly, Enoch appears into the scene. And Enoch walks Philippians chapter 2, 15 that I read becomes a light, the glimmer of hope, glimmer of light within darkness, within hopelessness, Enoch becomes glimmer of hope. How? Because when death has consumed people, people are terrorized, they are terrified, they are dying, they are fallen, they are fear, they are sadness, they are weeping and mourning. Then all of a sudden, boom, someone appears who defeats death. Does not die. That was powerful. Everybody must have been shocked, stunned. Someone appears that can overcome death, giving hope the world. This death can be overcome. Shock, shock, shock. Enoch did not die. Genesis 5.24 did not see death. before the flood of Noah, before even the judgment took place. Luke 21, 36 is relevant, beloved people, and we are not reading. Jude chapter 1, verse 14, 15. Luke chapter 3, verse 37. And of what with obedience, all the list I gave you, obedience, faithfulness, pleasing God, preaching repentance, Consecrated life, separated life, zealous, integrity of heart. And out of the work of Enoch, so between Enoch being raptured and the judgment Enoch was talking about happening, the time of Noah, then Enoch in his work together with this Noah, with Noah now, they presented three types of people. Three types of people that are very central 
to this church. And look, like we said, represented the faithful, holy, God-fearing people that God raptures and do not die. Neither do they see the judgment of God. They simply go into heaven. They don't see death. They don't taste death. Noah, on the other hand, like I said, those who trusted in God, God's covenant people is right. But there are those who reject God and they are dead, they are killed in the floods. They now represent the unbelieving world, the atheist world you see, and the lukewarm, sinful Christians that will remain. Three types of people. Enoch represents the bride of Christ that walks in righteousness and is taken into the kingdom of glory, the new Jerusalem. Noah represents Israel that is going to be delivered there's going to be a major rule by he that speaks with you here. And there is a third class of people, the atheists, those who are unbelievers, they don't want to believe, including the Christians that live in sin and remain. That is the world that is judged. So, Enoch represents the bride of Christ. Beloved people, the bride of Christ, he represents the perfect bride, church.
precious listeners, beloved people, the mightiest, mightiest prophet of the Lord will be right back. Wapendwa wasikilizaji mahali popote unapotupata, mtumishi wa Mungu nabii mkuu sana wa Bwana atarejea moja kwa moja hewani. Hivyo kaa chonjo kaa tumali hapo. Naona ni sana kasoro dakika kumi majira yetu ya Afrika Mashariki. Nabii mkuu sana wa Bwana, nabii wa kutisha, anarejea moja kwa moja hewani. Beloved people, precious listeners. The mightiest, mightiest prophet of the Lord will be live on air. Stay tuned. the Lord, mightiest prophet of the Lord. Yes, please, my Lord, the mightiest prophet of the Lord. Is this clear now, or I remove it from loud and do as I was doing right by my ears? Right now, it is very clear, please, my Lord, the mightiest prophet of the Lord, please. Right now, it's very clear. Which one is better, this one or this one? This one is much, much better. Please, mightiest prophet of the Lord. Okay, thank you very much. So, beloved people, I said the life of Enoch within that prophetic timeline of Enoch and Noah, you see three kinds of people that are present at this time also on the earth. And I've said that the judgment that came during the time of Noah, the rapture of Enoch, and that judgment, so Enoch representing the Christ, the, the bride of Christ, the Christ child, the bride of Christ, and Enoch represents today's church, and I gave you Colossians chapter 1 verse 24, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 30, and I said that Enoch is able to represent the church. He's able to represent the bride of Christ. Why? Because the body of Christ. The church of Christ is represented by the body of Christ. So yes indeed, Enoch is able to represent the current body of Christ. That will be ruptured. And I say there is a group that rejects the Lord, the unbelieving world, and the Christians that are lukewarm, immoral Christians, those in immorality, the atheists, the careless Christians too. First Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9, all the way to verse 10. Let me see if I can get to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 9. All the way to 10. Only two verses. To see.
see the type of people that were judged during the time of Noah. In other words, the type of people that will be judged after the rapture of the church in this age also. And if you see any of the things in here that appertains to you, then you know that you need to repent and prepare the way for the coming of the Messiah. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 to 10, it says, Let it read, I'd rather read uh, Amplified. It says, Do you not know that the unrighteous, so if I were you, and I'm told there are many, 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 many thousands of people, upon thousands, in cases, I would write down the people that were judged or will be judged. He says, Do you not know that the unrighteous, so my number one would be the unrighteous, those that were judged during the time of Noah, those that will be judged even in this age? The unrighteous, the wrongdoers, will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God. So you see that those that will not enter, do not be deceived or misled, neither the impure, number three is impure, and immoral, number four is immoral, nor idolaters, idolaters, meaning those who are involved in idolatry, idolaters, nor adulterers, those who are involved in adultery. Neither the impure, nor adulterers, sorry, nor those who participate in homosexuality, homosexuals, nor cheats, those who cheat, swindlers, those who swindle, thieves, this is amplified, very powerful, and thieves, so you list them all, the greedy, not the greedy, the grasper, not the drunkard, nor the foul-mouthed, revilers, slanderers, extortioners, robbers. It says none of them will inherit the kingdom of God or have any share to the kingdom of God. The type of people that were judged during the time of Noah and that will be judged again in this age when the Messiah comes. 2 Timothy chapter 3, you add on to the list. From verse 1, 2 Timothy chapter 3, from verse 1 on, it says, Mark this. But understand this, sacrifice, that in the last days will come certain perilous times of great distress and trouble hard to deal with and hard to bear. For people will be lovers of self, so you put in their lovers of self, and utterly self-centered, self-centered, 
Lavado Mane put in the Lavado Mane aroused by an inordinate greedy, the greedy desire for wealth, proud, arrogant, contemptuous, boastful. They will be abusive, abusers, blasphemers, scoffers, disobedient people, disobedient to their parents too, ungrateful, unholy, profane, they will be without natural and human affection, callousness, callous people, callous us, inhumane, relentless, admission of no truth or achievement, slanderer, they will be slanderer, false accusers. Troublemakers, intemperate, loose morals, loose conduct, uncontrolled, haters of good, it says fierce, haters of good, treacherous, they will be treacherous, betrayers, they will be rash. Inflated with self-conceit. They will be lovers of sensual, sensual pleasures. Which is sensual, sexual. And vain amusements rather than lovers of God. For though they hold a form of religion, piety, they deny and reject and are strangers to the power of it. Their conduct deny and reject the power of God. They reject the genuineness of God. The genuineness of the profession of righteousness, of holiness. He says, abolish such people. So that is another group of people into the big group. Revelation chapter 3. Revelation 22, 15, beloved people. The people that will be judged in this age too. Conceited, plunderers, adulterers, adulterers. Revelation 22. He said, verse 15. He said, For outside are the dogs who practice sorcery. Again, you add on to the list anybody practicing sorcery, magic, art, which is magic, impurity, elude, adulterer activity, and the murderer, and idolater. And anyone who loves and builds in lies and falsehood and truth, error, deception, and cheating. This is the class that rejects God, the 
judged in the days of Noah and will be judged again. To continue your list in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 to 21, beloved people. And then I mentioned Noah, Noah that is now delivered, which is Israel will be delivered, Revelation 12, verses 1 to 17. And the great eagle's wings is Exodus 19, verse 9, that they are secured by the two strong eagle's wings that all of you know. The wings of God. The earth is splitting here. The African continent is splitting. So Enoch lived with God in such an intimate relationship for as long as he was alive the 300 years. In other words, Enoch lived with God in this very tight fellowship for a very, very long time. walked with God. That's another point. I don't know where your points have reached. And I say that Enoch offers a very unique example in the Bible for this generation. Why? Because he walked with the Lord for hundreds of years and put God first in his life. Another point, therefore Enoch put God first in his life. How did he put God first in his life? He prioritized God in the following. In his thinking. In his service. In his talk. In his walk. In his ways. In his worship. walked with God. Noah walked with God. You find the Bible drawing reference to the two. Enoch walks with God for 300 years, but Noah is never told for how many years he walked with God. But you see the Bible referring them, referring to them, consigning to them, walked with God. But Enoch, he says, 300 years, quite some time, a long time. Noah does not say one of the men that were taken up to heaven without ever experiencing death. One of the two. Enoch in Genesis chapter 5 verse 24 and Elijah. Elijah the tremendous dreadful prophet of the Lord, the deadly prophet of God. 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 11. Again, am I clear in this broadcast? Yes, please, my Lord, the mightiest prophet of the Lord, please. Very clear, because I will never repeat this teaching. Am I very clear or I call the hotline? Very, very clear, please, my Lord, the mightiest very prophet powerful. of the Lord. powerful. Another point, beloved people. Number nine. Enoch became a landmark in the Bible too, because he became the father of the oldest human being ever walked the earth, Methuselah, who lived 969 years. Genesis chapter 5, verse 27. 
number 11, Enoch was justified by faith. Which means he lived his life strictly by faith. And so should the church. Strictly by faith. So should the church. Enoch preached repentance and holiness. So should the present day church preach and live repentance and holiness. The church in Kenya is a very beautiful church right now. I see that she's really very repentant and she always repents and pursues holiness. But do it more. Do it more. Closer and closer. Tighter and tighter. Enoch preached repentance and holiness to his generation. You should preach repentance as a church and holiness to this generation. Number 14, Enoch became the confidence of God only to his faithfulness to the, the Lord, his trustworthiness to God. He became a confidence to God. Someone God can confide in things, confide in, and I know that you know of one who is right now a confidence of God the Father himself. He's always confiding in him and telling him things and doing things with him. Talking with him. Talking with him all the time. Many conversations in one day. Enoch became a confidant with God owing to his faithfulness to the Lord. And because of that being a confidant, the Lord revealed to Enoch about the coming of the Messiah and the end judgment. That narrative is in the book of Jude. The Lord now revealed to him, unless you are confident of the Lord, major things like the coming of the Messiah and the end judgment God cannot reveal to you. Never. Owing to his faithfulness and trustworthiness of Enoch, then God took him as a confidence. And so should the present day church walk so faithful and so trustworthy that the Lord turned them to confidence so he can use them to minister to the earth as the confidence of God, beloved. How powerful. So we see that Enoch walked with God. And one day, the Lord decided enough is enough and he took him away so that they may walk on, so he may walk with God eternally now. He hit the threshold. God said, enough is enough. Come up here so you can walk with me now eternally. And today, Enoch continues to walk with God in glory. And that walk will never end. And that is how today's church should draw close in her holy fellowship and righteous fellowship with the Lord, that the Lord now takes us and no, come up here at rapture, that you may now walk with me eternally. And I said in the conference, that all this must have begun one day, when Enoch just woke up and decided, today I want from today on, walk close with God. 
walk in close proximity, in intimate relationship with God, fellowship with God. From today on, I want to walk with God so close. Just one day. So can this dispensation, this generation too, this church too, the present day church can decide today also and say, today I want to change how I walk with God. I want now to walk and prioritize God in my life period. In other words, live to believe God. And I said walking with God has certain requirements. I gave them already. I'll run through them here again. That walking with God requires righteousness, faithfulness, obedience. Again, I repeat, righteousness, faithfulness, obedience, holiness, uprightness, commitment, humility, irreproachability, integrity of heart, reverence, fear of God, wisdom. Let me repeat, righteousness, faithfulness, obedience, holiness, uprightness, commitment, humility, irreproachable, irreproachability, integrity of heart, reverence of God, fear of God, wisdom of God, purity, shunning evil, godliness, alertness, diligence, zealousness, Moral uprightness, endurance of scorn, to endure scorn and blackness, trustworthiness, dependability, prayerfulness, sanctification, consecration, separation, fidelity to God, enmity to the world, let me repeat by two, purity, shunning evil, Alertness to God and His requirements, diligence, zealousness, moral uprightness, endurance of blackmail and slander, trustworthiness, dependability, prayerfulness, sanctification, consecration, separation, fidelity to God, enmity to the world. These are some of the factors that govern walking with God. These are some of the requirements for one to walk with God. The present day church needs to embrace the Holy Spirit that she may impart some of these qualities in her. That she may walk with God. You have the aid of the Holy Spirit. You have the help of the Holy Spirit. When somebody walks with God, it means that number, whatever, I don't know what your number is. When anybody walks with God, it means that you will never walk in darkness. Walking with God requires that you never walk in darkness. Why? Because God is light. God is light. First John chapter 1 verses 5 to verse 7. And John chapter 8 verse 12, Jesus said, I am the way and the light. When one walks with God, one cannot fear evil anymore. So this church 
to walk in the light, to walk with God. Another point, this church needs to fear no evil. The book of Psalm 23, verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. When one walks with God, it essentially means walking with Jesus. John chapter 1, verse 1. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And John 14, 6. When anybody walks with God, he walks with the Trinity of God. And you develop a heavenly fellowship that lasts forever. Hallelujah. Walking with God, walking with God requires a sweet abiding in Him. Abiding with Him, abiding in Him and in His Word. John chapter 8 verse 13. And I say, in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verses 5 and 6, the saint of Enoch was raised. This church needs to abide in the truth, abide in the Lord, abide in the word, walk with God. The saints of Enoch then. Enoch walks with God for hundreds of years. Meaning, his faith must have been tried, must have been tested, beloved people. Many times. But never did you hear that Enoch backslid. Never did you hear that today I am down. Today I just feel down. Today uh, I will come to church next time. I don't know why today I just feel down. Never ever. And yet he walked with God hundreds of years. 300 years. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 16. Out of faith, the Lord glorified his body. Enoch walked in tremendous faith. And because of that, he openly and publicly pleased God that everybody could see. Does this church please God in public? Sometimes there is fear. They please their friends. When they are at work, they be like their workmates. When they come to church, they are born again. He says, without fear or shame, Enoch pleased God openly and publicly. So should this church. In that way, the way he talked, the way he walked, the way he lived, everybody saw that Enoch had faith in God and he was busy pleasing God openly, publicly, no shame. Other people could see his face. Do other people see the face of this church? 
the book of Mark chapter 2 verses 1 to 5 and Jesus saw their faith when they lowered him down and Jesus saw their faith he could see their faith I said, without testimonies of the dead decomposing corpse, resurrected, creepers walk, and without a Bible to read. And he didn't have Bible to read and see the healing of creepers. And I said, by looking at the stars, the moon, creation, Enoch had faith, he could see the creator. The book of Psalm 19, verses 1 to 4. And it says, Creation itself revealed the glory of God Almighty, our Creator, day and night. Psalm 19, 1 onwards. You can even go on. must have sought God the more he walked with God the more he was seeking God more hey! the more he walked with God the more he sought God more with all his heart all his mind all his soul all his strength Jeremiah 29 to 14 days, and you shall seek me and when you seek me with all your heart I shall be found by you Jeremiah 29 13 to 14 Enoch must have sought God with all his soul all his strength all his mind all his heart all his being and when he did so God was found by him he found God Jeremiah 29 13 14 By faith, therefore, that walk, Enoch was gifted by the Lord with eternal life. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 9. And I said, probably he sought God for 65 years, we don't know. And he walked with God in humility. Walking with God in humility means, Matthew, means poor in spirit. Matthew 5, 3, Proverbs 15, 33, 34, Romans 12, 1 to 3, poor in spirit. Walking with God in humility meant that Enoch was gentle. Walking in humility with God meant that Enoch was firm. On the standards of God, he never accepted lower them. Never ever. It also means he was bold about God. Humility also means being bold. Say, no, when it comes to the matters of God, I cannot compromise. By working with God, Enoch must have taken up the character of God Yahweh himself because 
Because when people walk together close enough, long enough, they take up the character of the master in that walk. Enoch must have taken up the character of God. Because when you walk together with somebody for so long, so close, the one that is superior, the Lord normally take up the character of the superior one. Enoch must have taken up the character of God as the present day church done so. The character of the master. Enoch must have taken up the character more and more of the character of the Christ, of the Messiah. And Enoch pleased God that the present day church bear the character of the Messiah. That's why I say Enoch is such a standard. Walking faithfully with God each day is a requirement for pleasing God. That's why he pleased God. Walking very closely faithful, rather faithfully with God on a daily basis. Walking with God in the same direction pleases God. Having a daily communion, daily communication with God is what pleases God. Hey. Living a life that is different from the world pleases God. These are the standards the church needs. Submitting totally to the agenda of God pleases God a great deal. Sharing the message of God pleases God. Because they said, Enoch is the Bible, please God. Let me go through it again with you. Let me see if I can pull it off it. Pleasing God. Enoch pleased God. That means he walked faithfully with God on a daily basis. These are the requirements of pleasing God that the present day church needs to adopt and adapt. And incorporate and cultivate and inculcate into their Christian being. So when the Bible says Enoch pleased God, pleasing God requires being faithful to God every day on a daily basis in all your life. And I say, pleasing God requires that you walk with God in the same direction every day, all your life. That is what pleases God. And I say, pleasing God requires a daily communion, daily communication with God. Every day you are talking to God, that pleases God so much. These are the things Enoch must have been doing to please God. Pleasing God means living one life different from the world on a daily basis. Second after second. Minute after minute. Hour after hour. Day after day. Week after week. Month after month. Year after year. Living different from the world. Pleasing God a great deal. And I say, pleasing God means submitting oneself to the agenda of God. God's agenda, it pleases God a great deal. That is what pleases God. That's what Enoch did. These are the things the church ought to do now. 
sharing the message of God. I said, please, and God so much. Preaching repentance. I said, please, and God, a great deal. Doing the errands of God on the earth. Preaching repentance. Enoch pleased God and did not please the world. He did not please mankind. Enoch walked with God, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, Colossians chapter 1, verse 10. Enoch taught that Jehovah God will always accomplish and administer his judgment to a sinful world. Again, Enoch taught, he did not teach prosperity, 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 too much grace, God is good whether you are sin, you are sin is okay. He didn't do that. He taught them the nature of God. God is separated from sin. If you want to walk with God, you must be holy. Enoch taught that God judges sin. That's why he gave the prophecy of coming judgment. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, Jude 14, 15. Enoch taught that God always protects his own people. Because we see how God protected Enoch, no matter the circumstance. Living among the pervert, the wicked, God protected Enoch. Enoch, therefore, teaches the present day church how to walk with God, how to walk with Christ Jesus in a world, in a great and deeply fallen world, in a fallen world, pervert world. Enoch had peace with God because he was reconciled with God. And yet Enoch had war, a fight, war, with the evil world. So should the bride of Christ pursue peace with God, reconciliation, repentance, holiness, and war, animosity with the world, the evil world. Enoch had a deep intimate relationship with the Lord. Enoch's heart was set on God and not the world. So should the church. Enoch believed that God had enough to provide for everything he needed in his life. So he did not need the world. So he was singularly focused unto the Lord. Enoch strictly focused to the Lord. He believed that the Lord had everything sufficient for him. He did not need to please the world to have a livelihood. He looked upon his relationship with God as sufficient for his provision and everything he ever needed for life. So should the present day church. Enoch died to self. So should the church of Christ. May the Lord bless you beloved people wherever you are. And we continue. But that is the life of Enoch that really, really helps the church today. That really, really speaks to the church today. That really, really lends to the present day church, beloved people. I know you are in the case, some of you in your home. May the Lord bless you. Shalom, shalom to them.